Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis. And on this episode, I have a chat with Claire Goggins-Sivitz, the author of a recent piece in the October website about life for young mothers at breweries and the work breweries still need to do to make them feel more welcome. But first, let's start with beer in the news. In a May 5th article in USA Today, Mike Snyder wrote about how Chico, California-based Sierra Nevada Brewing is making the viral transport medium needed to preserve COVID-19 tests. Sierra Nevada's Ken Grossman asked how the brewery could support the nearby Enloe Medical Center and learned that once there were COVID-19 tests, there was a need for the medium, which preserves the testing samples which are on a nose or mouth swab. In its labs, Sierra Nevada already tests beer batches for unwanted bacteria and wild yeasts. They have labs that create their own transport medium to do these tests. So the brewery donated the ingredients and time to make transport medium for the hospital, which got its first batch of 1,000 vials last week. And the brewery has the capacity to make up to 10,000 more according to Ken Grossman. Now for my interview with Claire Goggins-Sivitz, who writes about beer and is a former digital marketing employee at Oregon's Rogue Ales and Spirits. She talked to me on May 1st from Portland about her article, her thoughts about how welcoming breweries are to women and children, and beer writing in general. Let's listen in. All right, Claire, thank you so much for uh, talking to me. I have uh, read your piece in October, which I definitely recommend other people read. Uh, April 10th piece, The uh, Beer World Wasn't Built for Moms. Mm-hmm. It seems to be about um, you know mothers working in the craft beer industry, about how relatively unprepared the industry is uh, to make working mothers feel secure in their jobs. And it talks about your experience. So what inspired you to write this piece? You know, um, I, I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. It was definitely, you know, I'd been in the beer world for probably close to a decade by the time, um, you know, I became a mom. Um, and it was a very different experience. And, you know, it was something that I hadn't really, I hadn't really seen, uh, you know, talked about quite a bit. Um, I know there are some writers out there, some some of my fellow writers, some of my fellow mothers in beer um, have have written about it, but it doesn't seem to be getting the attention that um, I think it really deserves. Um, so that was that was one of the reasons I pitched that story. Sure. And you had your uh, perspective on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it certainly I, I imagine that that colored the way that you approached it when you were writing it and you researched uh quite a bit. You interviewed other women in the industry. Were you kind mm-hmm. of getting information that you already knew, or were you learning things uh, from the from your sources? Well, you know, I think uh, a lot of the perspectives I got, I, I there was definitely patterns that were the same. Um, you know, uh, a couple of the people I spoke to worked in different, uh, you know, areas of brewing. Um, I you know, I spoke to brewers, I spoke to 
um, a couple of people who owned breweries. Um, so definitely the perspective would be a little bit different, but definitely the same patterns were there that just like there were these challenges um, that we were all facing, uh, you know, definitely things that I sort of uh, laid out in the article, but, um, you know, everything from navigating maternity leave um, to, you know, what do you do when you come back and you have a, you have a baby at home and you're, you're up late nights and you got to get into work and then sometimes you got to work late hours and stuff like that. So definitely, you know, I was finding that we were, we're definitely experiencing some of the same things. Were you getting any other information about women in the beer industry that have had children that were older as well? And were you able to see if life gets any easier? Um, I, not for this particular article. I think a lot of the people I spoke to had young children. Um, but, you know, in my experience, you know, especially um, just, you know, personally, I, I did know some women who I worked with who were, you know, in the, in sales departments or in, uh, you know, other parts of brewing who had had kids and, you know, some of them like much earlier on in the beer industry and they had some difficulty with it. You know, um, I had one woman tell me that she had to um, use a, use a breast pump in her car uh, just because there wasn't a space for her at work. And uh, you know, that, that had definitely changed. That was something that people were a little bit more aware of by the time I became a mother. So like that wasn't something I had to do. But just hearing that from other people is just kind of a little shocking that, you know, that that had to happen. You do hear about um, experiences that uh, new mothers have uh, in unwelcoming environments. What do you think uh, was the what did you notice about breweries versus, say, other working environments that were uh, that stood out? Uh, For example, how would working at a brewery be different for a new mother than working at an insurance company? Well, I think, you know, some of it just is basic. Um, the environment is, is different. You know, if you work at an insurance company, more than likely you're working in an office, uh, like a, a much more traditional office situation. Uh, whereas at a brewery, most of the time you're, you're in more of an industrial uh, you know, building of some sort. Um, that's not necessarily true for all breweries, but especially smaller breweries that don't have the capacity to, you know, build out a big, nice office. Um, there's certainly going to be limitations to, to space and like privacy to some degree, probably. Um, so yeah, I think that that, that certainly makes a, you know, a bit of a difference. Um, and then also, you know, I think, maybe not just brewing. This is probably true of a lot of um, hospitality uh, industry jobs, but you know, you've got the, you've got events and you've got late nights that you have to work. And, and there's, you know, those things that you have to take in mind, like if you have to sort of balance childcare and going to a, a monthly event or something like that, that can become difficult. It sounded like um, the folks at Rogue really needed to make some changes, and I'm sure that's true with a lot of different breweries. What sort of changes did you see during your tenure there and ones that you're hearing about 
that are making life for uh, new mothers more more welcoming in breweries? Sure, you know, and I think certainly not just Rogue. This was, yeah, like you said, definitely something that is a pattern throughout the industry, but it does seem like more and more breweries are um, adding maternity leave, some sort of formal maternity leave, um, as well as, uh, you know, just being a little bit more aware of, you know, mothers and and parents in general need to have, you know, a a little bit more of a work-life balance. Um, And I think, you know, I've I've definitely heard that there's, there's more of a move towards that. Um, I do think that maternity leave or even paternity leave is probably one of the biggest challenges for breweries. Um, I know that uh, more and more breweries are offering that if they can, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's still not something that's universal. So, um, so I think that that's probably one of the changes that more and more breweries are moving towards. Um, and it's, it's good to see that. Like I, you know, I think, um, I think that's something that's really going to help uh, women and mothers um, feel a little bit more welcome in the brewing industry. Now you made mention that numbers are showing a growing number of women consuming beer. And <laughs> so we're seeing you know, more women at beer festivals, at breweries. What's the connection do you think we'll see that bearing out over time? in terms of more uh, women representation in the ownership structure and working at breweries? Well, I think it's just, you know, the fact that brewing is attracting more women uh, means that more women are going to want to work in brewing. Um, And I think that, you know, that is definitely a big piece of this puzzle. There needs to be more representation within the industry um, to, you know, to to sort of move forward and, and make women feel more welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I wanted to, I became interested in beer in about 2008, I think. Um, and that's when I decided that I wanted to work in beer. Um, so I think that that's probably going to be something you're going to see more and more that, uh, the, the labor pool is going to kind of shift a little bit and you're going to see more women who are, uh, who are actually working for for breweries. Um, I know that there's more and more brewers, like actual uh, production brewers who are women every day, which is, you know, it's great to see that because I think that's that also not only are you representing women, you're also kind of expanding that um, the perspective, the, you know, the number of ideas that can be put forward um, when you have more women within the the industry um, sort of controlling that. Can you tell me a little bit about your beer background and uh, how you went from writing about beer to working uh, at Rogue? Sure. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, it was about 2008. I was working for um, AOL. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I was uh, uh, managing um, one of their publications, one of their online publications, um, and I started writing a column uh, called, I started writing a column at that time. Um, and, uh, and that sort of turned into a personal blog. Um, after I left AOL, it became Beer Goggins. Um, and then, um, uh, I was also freelance writing for quite some time too. I I wrote for a few different publications. Um, always about beer or different topics. 
generally about beer. I think more often than not, I was writing about beer. Why were um, you drawn to writing about beer? You know, I don't, I, that's an interesting question. I've always just really liked beer. Um, you know, in college, I, I, I probably didn't have like as, uh, you know, as good of a palate as I do now. Um, but I, I kind of knew that I didn't like Bud Light and I didn't like Natty Light or, or whatever. So I always kind of was attracted to the more, to the beers that had a little bit more flavor. And that turned into eventually uh, I wanted more craft beer because that's where you found the most diverse um, flavor. Um, so I, I got really interested in it. And when I had an opportunity to start writing about beer, I really learned more and more about it every day. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think that that's, for, does that answer your question? Yeah, sure. I mean, where does the joy come f uh, for you? Is it, is it about describing beer? Is it about describing people? Is it about coming from your own perspective and, and writing kind of autobiographically? What, what do you like, uh, writing about beer? What, what is, what do you like about writing about beer? I think it's the culture. Like I've always been really interested in the, you know, in the culture of beer because it's, it's so there's so many different people in beer and i think um you know that it's kind of fun to see how people interact over a pint um and I, that's what i always find really interesting and there's so many cool events around beer there's so many fun um, activities involved with beer um, so that's really what i'm drawn to i think you know i, I beer tastes great I'm not you know that's that's certainly uh, a part of it but um uh but it always brings together really good people I think too now you're in marketing what mm -hmm. uh what does that entail when or what did it entail when you were working at at Rogue and um tell me about what draws you to to marketing um so when I was at Rogue I was doing uh all of the digital marketing uh, for the for the brand, which uh, was primarily when I started, it was primarily social media. Um, and what drew me to that was, you know, I think I've always been a writer, and I I um, started in online publishing. And the reason I liked online publishing was you could immediately you could you could write something and immediately put it out into the world, and that was really exciting for me. And what I loved about social media was it was even more quickly and you got you you got an immediate response to it. Um, and what kind of the intersection of that and beer for me was kind of exciting was because I got to create content like real time content about um, the beers that Rogue was creating and uh, get sort of an immediate reaction from people and almost have, you know, these really cool conversations with people about different beers that were out there and and that was one of the things that I really loved doing so I yeah that that was that was really fun I also wrote a lot of blog posts and um you know other content for Rogue too that was online now from a marketing perspective you have a, a view of the you probably have an eye for the way breweries promote themselves mm -hmm. uh, do you find that they are becoming more welcoming to women uh, is that part of this uh, evolution? I do, yeah. I think I'm seeing that more and more. And it's certainly, um, you know, there's there's some efforts coming from the Brewers Association that are really encouraging 
uh, breweries to to take that step to be more diverse in general, which I think is a great, uh, you know, that that's a good uh, intention to have for sure. Um, and I think what's really important is to just, you know, have that representation among the beer industry. And I do see a lot of breweries, you know, making that effort, um, you know, and, and I think uh, it's nice, it's kind of, you know, it's nice to be represented in, in, in an industry that I really appreciate. So I like seeing that. Yeah, I, I think that there's been um, criticism and it's, it's definitely warranted that uh, breweries and you know beer writers and and anyone related to it have a blind eye to things that are not within their immediate uh, social circle or uh, economic situation or or race or gender mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, we're learning a lot but there's a ways to go uh, what what are some of the blind spots for women and and mothers th that that you still notice that breweries should take note of, whether they're working for them or just enjoying their beer in their tap room? Well, and I think, you know, and it, it really depends on the brewery, but I, you know, and this is, I, this is kind of a hot button topic, I think, for a lot of people. But um, when, when it comes to welcoming customers, um, it does seem like that experience is a little bit more geared towards uh, people who don't necessarily have kids with them. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there, there are some breweries who are great about welcoming children. There are some breweries who are not really good about it. Um, and there are some breweries who just outright say, you know, kids aren't allowed. And I think that that's, if that's their decision, that's fine. Um, but, uh, but I do think, especially, you know, I think that the, you know, visiting breweries, that experience is going to change dramatically in the next few months. Um, but I think that breweries should really take into account that um, mothers often are going places with their children. And if they want to feel, if they want to welcome those customers, they need to take into account that mothers are more likely to have children with them and kind of try to build that experience around them. Well, like when I think about the layout, for example, of a mm -hmm. of a tap room, um, yeah. when I first started going, it was all hard edges. It was, uh, you know, it it felt like a bachelor pad, <laughs> you know, in the sense that it was all uh, steel and industrial and, you know, not necessarily welcoming or not to me because I was walking in and saying, well, okay, can I order a beer here? Fine. That's the only bar, you know, to entry for me. But what makes it, you know, and this is something that's important to me now because I have a 10-week-old and mm -hmm. I'm going to start bringing her to breweries uh, eventually. Uh, what, you know, what is something I should look for in a brewery that says, okay, you know, yes, they do say that they're child-friendly, but now they also show it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think um, here in town and in, in, here in Portland, Oregon, um, one of the breweries that does an amazing job of kind of balancing, uh, you know, having customers who may not necessarily have kids and, you know, the family customers as well is um, uh, Hopworks Urban Brewery. Okay. Um, they have a location that is just really well laid out so that, you know, if you don't want to be, you know, near kids, there's definitely space for that. But if you have kids with you, there's a, there's a little bit of a play area for them. 
um, you know, they they are more than ready to to lay out a, a a high chair for you. There's space for car seats. Um, it's a it's a big area for sure, and that is one of the things that I think that breweries may find a challenge if they don't have that kind of space to to build out an experience for um, for families. That can be a little bit of a challenge, um, but but I think Hub does a really good. Uh, does a really great job with it. And it's actually one of the places that we go quite often with our son. Now, you, so, you, you've uh, had a lot of experience taking your uh, son to different breweries, correct? Yeah, well, yes, we do. Can you give me a, a maybe an example of where it went really great and an example of where it went really poorly? You don't have to name names uh, if you don't want to put down any breweries, but <laughs> what, what what are some memorable experiences? Sure. Well, you know, definitely Hopworks um, has a great uh, has a great space for um, for him, and he loves it. They have some toys that he can play with. Um, uh, there's also places that don't necessarily have like a a, a, a spot like a where kids can play. Um, that's totally fine too. We um, quite often we've been to Rogue has a location here in Portland. Um, that we go to all the time and they have a big outdoor space where um, we can just kind of let him wander around and we aren't too worried about him like falling downstairs or hitting his head or anything like that. Sure. Um, so that's good too. Um, but, you know, there's some places where, you know, kids are, it's, it's okay to bring kids, but it's certainly not a space that's built for kids. There is one brewery in town, which I won't name names. Um, it's, I think what their goal is, is to just make their, their uh, tap room as crowded as possible. Right. Um, there's right. a lot of, there's a lot of like, you know, tall tables with tall chairs and it's not very easy to have a kid at a table like that. Um, and it's just, and it's, yeah, it's hard to sort of navigate. Um, if you've got a toddler who wants to run around everywhere, like it's a little harder to follow him when you're trying to weave through a crowd. So that can be really complicated, and um, yeah. Sure, I mean, I, would... I can see the argument um, that someone would say, "Look, this is this is just good business." You know, you want you want to why give anyone an excuse not to come to your brewery? Uh, okay. I can also see the other side by saying, "Look, we just don't have the infrastructure for it." I, for me, I, I think it's important to say to not pretend. Don't don't go out there saying, "Oh yeah, we're we're child friendly" and have pictures of of kids in your advertising. When in reality, you just can't pull it off. I, I don't think it's a bad thing if you can't pull it off, but at least be honest about it. For sure, yeah, and I think that is really important. There's um, uh, there is a, there's a couple of breweries here in town that just outright say no kids and they seem to be doing just fine or, you know, they were, um, uh, prior to, uh, you know, current complications. Yes. Um, yes. but, uh, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I accept that. I, it's less likely that I'm going to go there, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be hurting, you know, me not going there is probably not hurting their business, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it does, it is much more helpful if it's outlined on their website, we don't allow kids, it, it makes it a lot easier because then you don't show up and then realize that you can't go inside. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, anything else in terms of, you know, I, we are certainly in a major pause right now in terms of tap rooms. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, anyone can benefit from um, 
from getting cans and, and bottles now. But in terms of the future for women in brewing, any other thoughts mm-hmm. that um, that are brewing in your head in terms of where that might lead? Um, you know, I think it could, you know, the, the fact that there are more and more women who are actually getting involved in uh, sort of the creation of beer from from the, you know, concept, uh, uh, from, the, from the beginning, from that concept uh, part. Um, I think that that's going to make for some really interesting flavor combinations and just some really cool, um, you know, trends in beer that, that we haven't thought of yet, that, that the brewing industry in general hasn't thought of yet. And I think, um, I think that's really exciting and I'm looking forward to see what, you know, what comes next. Well, I truly appreciate your time, um, and I uh, look forward to reading more from you. And, Thank you. And, you know, I, I, I wish you a lot of luck uh, and your son as well. Thanks. Thank you. And, I, yeah, I, I hope you have a great experience with your daughter at a brewery soon. My thanks to Claire. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram, at Beer Goggins. You can follow me, at Beer Snob Writes. You can follow this podcast, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. You can leave a Venmo tip at William-Sis. Until next time, sip well.